One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to today's independent travel podcast with me, Simon Calder. And I'm at Trades Union Congress, Congress House in central London. But I'm not here for any of the many strikes which are bedeviling travellers at the moment. I'm here because there is a convention, a conference called New Deal Europe. And it's all about the Balkans. And there's hundreds of people here. It's a completely full house. And one of them is the notable uh, tour guide and historian, um, my good friend James Hill from Cicerone Travel. Um, James, uh, what are you doing here? You do Italy and stuff like that, don't you? What are you doing in the Balkans? Um, well, good morning, Simon. Uh, uh, gosh, what am I doing in the Balkans? What am I doing in London? Well, I, I flew in uh, from Italy uh, the other day uh, to see lots of colleagues and friends uh, from across the region. And uh, this is a terrific fair because it features a number of tourist boards, uh, uh, tour operations in those particular countries uh, to promote a part of the world uh, that is as interesting uh, historically as it is culturally, as it is gastronomically. So um, I suppose it's worth mentioning that not not all the countries here are in the Balkans. Slovenia, <laughs> yes, a part of uh, the ex-Yugoslavia, one of the six constituent republics that made up the ex-Yugoslavia, but not a Balkan country. In fact, if you want to put your foot in it, Simon, rather royally, go to Ljubljana and say, it's so nice to be in one of the Balkan countries um, because right. <laughs> uh, they'll look a little miffed. Okay, so um, we know that Slovenia isn't uh, technically in full a Balkan country. So let's run through them. Let me guess what I think they are. So certainly Bulgaria, probably Romania, definitely Serbia, um, Kosovo to the south, North Macedonia, previously the Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia, Albania, and I guess Croatia, which is um, a, a long-time favourite. Croatia, certainly Bosnia, um, you know, Serbia is it's definitely an upcoming country. I mean, I've been going to Croatia and Slovenia and Montenegro for some years. And um, all of them have, uh, well, they all have very interesting uh, uh, historical centers. Their cities are charming. The people are lovely. Um, but I think now Croatia has come into the Euro. Um, having been in Schengen, I can tell you um, from personal experience that driving from Italy to Slovenia to Croatia in less than an hour is a pretty seamless exercise. Uh, and I think Croatia is going to certainly have a, a bit of a lift now it's in the single currency, makes life a lot easier. Uh, gone are the Kunas. And by the way, Simon, if you do have any Kunas left, you've got to the end of the year to change them. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you do have Kuna in your pocket and you do go to Croatia, fear not, you can spend them and you can exchange them in any bank or post office until the end of this year, so all is well. Right, but let's talk about the parts of the uh, Balkan Peninsula which people are perhaps not so familiar with. Um, why, uh, if you're a cultured tourist, and I know that you are, why would you want to go to this part of the world? Well, um, you know, the Habsburgs uh, pretty much got to most places in the Balkans, and so they've left uh, an architectural imprint, uh, particularly on places like Slovenia. I mean, Ljubljana, which is a very handsome capital, uh, or the handsome capital of Slovenia, uh, has lots of interesting sort of Viennese successionist buildings. They've got the architecture, the architecture of a brilliant um, uh, modernist called uh, Plechnik. He's uh, a, a pretty big name 
if you go to Prague, if you go to Vienna, you'll see his architecture everywhere. So Austria um, did certainly uh, leave an imprint. But I mean, you just look at the Roman history uh, uh, across Croatia. Just look at Diocletian or the Emperor Diocletian's retirement home at Split. I mean, they built the town out of his retirement palace, uh, who, by the way, was one of those very rare things in Rome. He was a Roman emperor who got to retire. No one knocked him off. And in fact, his favorite pastime in happy retirement in the lovely coastal town of Split was to grow cabbages, Simon, would you believe? Uh, so a uh, man very much after Jeremy Corbyn's heart. But um, surely the big appeal of the Balkans is that it's um, low cost. Absolutely low cost. I mean, gosh, I, I, I've been to the old royal capital of Montenegro, which is up the hill from uh, uh, the, gosh, the, the town of Kotor. I can tell you, if you want to see what Venice looked like in the early 17th century, get yourselves to Kotor. Um, it is a little mini Venice, and it's at the side of what is. Um, well, it looks like a Norwegian fjord in the middle of the Met. This is the Bay of Kotor, but if you go up the hill, you go to this extraordinary road that the Austrians put in in the 19th century. And you go to a place called Cetigne, which was uh, the old royal capital of Montenegro. And I had a three-course lunch once for 15 euros. I mean, 12 quid. Three courses with lots of wine. So, you know, it's a good value destination. Uh, you eat well. Uh, of course, uh, the mix of Mediterranean, Austrian and Balkan cuisine, uh, you know, makes dining out sort of interesting as well as, um, you know, hugely, uh, well, hugely economically interesting. A number of people are going to be terrified by the Cyrillic alphabet, which, uh, of course, is prevalent in Serbia, in North Macedonia, in Bulgaria. Should they be? No, because, um, happily, uh, most things are in English. And uh, if you've got a smattering of German, uh, or particularly in Croatia and along the old coastal bits of the Adriatic, well, some of them speak Italian as well. Um, but most of it's in English, so you don't have to worry about reading the Gogolithic alphabet of Methodosius and, and our friend Cyril. James Hill, thank you very much indeed. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day here, and um, thank you very much indeed for listening. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.